You're going to Walmart this weekend? No, I just went this morning. Wow, that's a habit. It's not usual. We all know that I'm an Aldi shopper. But I had to panic buy a bunch of dance stuff because I'm now a dance mom. She's three. Not even. (laughs) (laughs) The issues are bigger than Walmart. So I bought so I bought a bunch of stuff. Of course, get it delivered. Because who would just like willingly walk into Walmart to buy something that you need? You could have bought it from Amazon. I could have. Walmart had it cheaper this time. I shouldn't say willing. I willingly go into Walmart when I need things. I just don't like to go into stores in general. But then I like to. But then I like to go return stuff and get money because then it's. and it's have, just like girl math is the new TikTok trend. Yeah. Like I go to return something I already bought and that's basically free money. It's strange math, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> I don't even have a TikTok, but <laughs> I've heard girl math references. I'm like, oh yeah, I could get on board with that. Like if you have a gift card, it's basically like you bought nothing at all. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure you have some farm math. Don't spend money. Oh, not as fun. No, no, no. What are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about Walmart. The Wally World? Yeah. And pet telehealth and the fact that Amazon and Walmart keep chasing each other's businesses. So I know you heard, but for our listeners. I'm super cool. Oh, sorry. That wasn't what I heard. Where's the button? Nope. Wrong button. (laughs) They're laughing at you. (laughs) So for our listeners, it won't stop. To hit it again. See, you don't <laughs> we even don't know how to you... stop a joke. <laughs> um, Amazon considers offering veterinary telehealth as it looks to compete with Walmart. That was the big news, which basically means that Amazon's already decided to offer veterinary telehealth in competition with Walmart. I feel like if it's news, Amazon isn't considering it. They're already in the pipeline. Game on. Game on. All right, tell me about Walmart and their pet telehealth. Well, it's interesting, right? So I was caught a bit off guard by this. I haven't been paying that much attention. And um, so we, we've been talking a lot about telehealth, right? And virtual care and That's kind of our the thing things. Lately. The things, yep. Yeah. And so, and there's a lot of interest and money and people in that space today. And part of it coming out of the pandemic, because, right, we had human telehealth being a thing. And then we had to kind of do veterinary telehealth. And let's, let's be clear what telehealth is. We're talking, we're talking about video or chat or combination thereof to do medical things. So... Formalized FaceTime is what I'd like to call it. Yep. So I can have you can have a chat with me as a veterinarian over the phone, and maybe I can look at your pet or I can look at your pig. And there's some ways to track that, and we keep that in the medical record. And in some states, that's a legal way to have a veterinary client patient relationship. You don't you can actually do it that way, and that's mm-hmm. true in humans now as well. And so it's care delivery at distance. I think is maybe the best way to define yep. it. And it's been a thing and it's a hot topic of conversation. And there's these people who don't like to go to stores and want to shop online. Sorry, Kaylee. Um, 
who would also prefer not to drag their fractious cat to the pet or just want to do it conveniently at night or actually in some cases we can provide better medicine because if the cat's a little wigged out about going to the vet, it may not show you it's lame. Mm -hmm. So now it's in its own house and it's limping around and I can see that. Yep. And so or you live somewhere where there's like no vets. All that's true. All vets are way far away. Yeah. And so, and we've done that a long time. <clears throat> we've done that a long time as pig veterinarians, right? Mm-hmm. And so once we figured out we could use FaceTime or Google Meet yep. or whatever it was at the time, instead of me driving two and a half hours to go look at some pigs and walking around for 20 minutes and driving two and a half hours right. home, we'd have the person, the caretaker, pop his phone on and... We'd have them walk around the barn with a camera turn around so we could see that. And we'd talk to them, no, look at this and show me that. And mm-hmm. is it as good as being there? No, but it, it was better than driving a lot. Right. And it also meant we could go faster. And it also meant we didn't have to worry about tracking disease around because right. we could, you know, right center office. And so that space is going on. And again, a lot of companies doing that. Uh, the pig space, probably the biggest one is uh, every pig. And there's really been probably kind of before everybody else. And they've Mm -hmm. done that just for pigs. The feedlot health group out of Canada has done that with mortalities for a long time in cattle. And now you're seeing a lot of this in the small animal space and really too many names to name. So lots and lots of those. And so you get all this stuff going. And so the debate's been about how do we deliver care and people like this and it's convenient. Mm -hmm. And the other big trend that's happened is that, People quit buying pharmaceutical products only at their veterinarian. Mm-hmm. So I go to see the vet and then I wanted a script so I could order it from 1-800-PET-MEDS or I could order it from Put Chewy. Put it in my Chewy box with my monthly thing. Oh, those are subscriptions as well. I think so. Yeah, I think you're I right. I used to live by someone who would get a Chewy box delivered. All the and time. so Chewy's just an online, it's the Amazon of of dog stuff, right? Yep. Of pet stuff. Does someone own them or are they... Uh... That's a good question. I have no idea. Okay. And so that space has been really profitable. Mm-hmm. And I think retailers would tell you, big box retailers would tell you, and if you kind of look at the floor space, it continues to be allocated to pet food and pet things. Mm-hmm. That's some of the most profitable square footage in the store. Mm-hmm. So dollar per square foot of margin is really high in those areas. And the thing is, right, a bag of dog food is not that different than a bag of pig feed. Right. A bag of pig feed is like $4, mm-hmm. and a bag of dog food is $32. And I realize there's a little more cost in the packaging, mm-hmm. and it looks fancier, and the kibble's a little harder to make, but it's the cost difference different. might be 18 cents. You know, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but right, really profitable products. Right. And people, and that's a shift societally. And so coming out of this pandemic, we have all this demand for increase in veterinary care, and it's really not more pets, and it's a few more pets, but it's really people demanding a lot more care for each individual pet. So the vets are overwhelmed, and they're saying, what can we do? Mm-hmm. So you've got this kind of increase in demand, veterinarians struggling to keep up, margin leaving veterinary practices and going to the chewies of the world. Yep. So I can get my pet meds plus my dog food plus my dog treats plus the dog bed or whatever else I'm getting for the dog. Mm-hmm. And so they've been in that space making money. There's these online companies that are doing it. And so it was pretty natural that Walmart and then Amazon got in the pet food space and the mm-hmm. pet treat space. And the, if I'm going to order toilet paper, I might as well order the dog food. Right. 
And I think everybody's aware, right? Walmart Press is a direct response to Amazon and trying to compete directly yep. with Amazon and subscription service. And so it was the kind of two behemoths going at it in that space. And now we've got them saying, listen, and Walmart just carried, I don't know how long, it seems like a long time. Like you can get your prescriptions filled for the dog there just as easy as you get them filled for yourself. Okay. They're doing both. I didn't know that. Well, I knew that they started the vet clinic yeah. piece in there. Yeah. And so all of this is kind of snowing. So this comes out and, well, Walmart hauled off and bought a telehealth company. Right. So PAWP, P-A-W-P. P-A-W-P. Probably butchering the pronunciation of that. We did not learn how we, to say Again, it. we don't need to be accurate. <laughs> we don't want to ruin our reputation. <laughs> P-A-W-P, the spelling is correct. Mm-hmm. And so they're a telehealth firm. And so what, since early this year, early 2023, they've been offering that free to Walmart. For pl- subscriber. Walmart, Walmart Plus. Plus subscri- Which I think is like 60 bucks. I don't know. It's probably like Amazon Prime. It is like Amazon Prime. It's computer to Amazon Prime. I actually bought it to deliver a phone charger to my grandma when she was in the hospital one time. Looking uh-huh. for a way to get it there to her within an hour or two. In Walmart and that Plus. that was the easiest, easiest way. way. to make it happen. Yep. So Walmart Plus subscribers now can use their telehealth service. I got a veterinarian. You got a question about things. Mm-hmm. Now Amazon's saying, oh, we got to get in that game. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And I think it says a lot about what could happen to the veterinary profession. That's really what I want to talk about. Like, this is, I get it. Walmart's in it. Amazon's going to get in it. But that means the rest of the industry needs to change and or continue to evolve. I might suggest that they're better at business than the average veterinarian. Well, that's part of the ask is how do you keep competitive? It's the same small business question, right? My husband's family owned a, an auto business and people can buy all that stuff from Amazon. So how does a small business stay, stay in business to be able to compete with that? Yeah, I think it's so if we look more broadly at the We'll come back to tell us in a second. But if you look more broadly, there's a lot of capital flowing into veterinary care right now, mm-hmm. particularly in the companion animal space. Yeah. And that capital is buying veterinary practices. And the largest practice owner in the country is M&M Mars. Mm-hmm. And M&M Mars happens to be a large pet food company on top of making candy bars. Mm-hmm. And so they're plowing money in and building vet clinics. And now venture capital is flowing in and buying practice groups up. And there's various business models for those things going on, but yep. you're starting to see the really corporatization of what was historically a very much a small business yes. realm, right? If you had three or four doctors, you that was a big a veterinary practice. General, a generational Shift. wealth business. Yeah. And now it's corporate. Yeah. And it's not all corporate. And I know, but there's a lot of capital coming. And it's not all bad. It's just different. That's right. But not me. Just that's the facts. Right. And so what's interesting is all that money's flowing in. A lot of the historical point of profit, which is product sales, is being transferred away from the vet clinic into corporate entities. So Chewy and Walmart and Amazon and Menards, right? You go into Menards and huge pet area in there now. 
It's a hardware store that, well, it's really kind of a pet food store with a hardware on the outside. You can also buy groceries there. I that, love Menards. It's I know my what it, favorite. It's so, I, I don't get, yeah, I don't. I Derek don't, would rather go to Lowe's all day. And I'm like, well, No, 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 Menards. Menards is cheaper. Low cost. And we can buy some snacks. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, all, and motor oil, all at the same place. But so, but right, the, you see this kind of general shift happening around money flowing in and profitability. And what does that mean? Mm-hmm. We've got a generational shift in veterinarians who no longer espouse the desire to work 60 hours a week, seven days a week and take all their own emergencies, right. which just means they're smarter than I was. So we have emergency clinics right on the companion animal side today. So basically at five o'clock, all the animals go to the emergency clinic. You don't see emergencies after hours or on the weekends. And if it's really a complicated case, we refer all those today. It looks very much like human medicine. Mm-hmm. And now we're separating out like human medicine again, those product sales don't occur in the practice. Right. And so a lot of money, a lot of things chasing. And now the two big gorillas show up. <laughs> who have, Ready to party. Yeah. And so like you think Eminem Mars has money or Banfield has money. They ain't got money. Nothing like Walmart or Amazon. <laughs> they, ain't got, they ain't got Walmart money, right? And so like, whoa, okay, now, now, now we're ready to go. Yep. And so Walmart hasn't said they're going to get in the vet care space except for this one company purchase. And so they don't directly, they're not, man, you can you go on their website and you don't see it's a Walmart company. They do. Oh, does it? It does. Way down at the bottom. There's pet care. There's pet insurance. A couple oh. other things that are... Branded with Walmart. No, I'm saying you don't get on POP site, P-A-W-P site, and find it's a Walmart company. Oh. Walmart, yes, has pet insurance now. Yep. Has pet care things, blah, blah, blah. Right. So Walmart's very much owned. Yeah. Okay. I see what you mean. But they've eased into that, into that, um, into the care space, right? You would assume if Amazon's sitting there now, they're all looking at the tea leaves and going, well, if... If M&M Mars can own it, why can't we own it? Yep. And so, right. And I think that's coupled with, and this is going to all be doom and gloom. I think it's all fantastic. Any industry that a lot of capital is flowing into is great. Stuff's opportunity. Gonna, opportunity. Stuff is going to happen. There's opportunities for everyone, right? Yep. We're going to make care better. We're going to make it better for veterinarians. We're going to make it better for the animals. It's just not going to look like what it did. Right. I think the interesting thing, and we heard this at our animal health symposium here a couple of weeks ago, right? For us to think about implementing kind of the next generation of remote care delivery mm-hmm. or really advanced technical delivery, we're not talking millions of dollars or tens of millions of dollars. We're talking hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And so maybe this is the beginning of that capital that it's going to take yeah. to really revolutionize how we provide care. Mm-hmm. The what we provide is very different than 10 years ago and certainly different than 30 years ago. But the how we provide isn't very different. Yep, It's still a brute force thing. I show up, I see case, talk to client, do the work. Do the administrative paperwork, get the billing, follow right. up, chase the money. Yeah, and we've done, as veterinarians, we've added a little bit of paraprofessional help, mm-hmm. but nothing like the human side of seeing. Yeah. We don't have that in our licensure today. I mean, that's a big debate that's going on. Should we have nurse practitioner model, a nurse veterinary model who's a practitioner? Mm-hmm. 
um, pros and cons to that, you know, some people are say, yeah, we have to have it. Others we don't. So you're seeing that on the, what we do side, but the big gap is, is that if we finally get some serious capital, Amazon level capital, mm-hmm. Walmart capital, you now can start to see, wait a minute, maybe we can figure out how to really leverage technology. Yes. And skip that developmental step of nurse practitioners that mm-hmm. happen in the in the human healthcare space. So let's talk about that because we define telemedicine in the way that we've known it, used it in the livestock world. It's trickled into the pet space where you can text pictures and have video calls, but then somebody still punches in the information and punches in the billing and nothing's really that automated other than when I think some of these telemedicine from a distance. Some of these some of this care delivery from a distance is pretty automated on the billing today. Okay. And it's getting better, right? Because uh, it's through an app that's taking times or Yeah, it's it's that. got an app that's got it, it's into their thing. And yeah. so that's improving, right? So they're they're not using FaceTime. They're using a dedicated yep. app. And those apps do things like, hey, who is it? And how long were you on the phone? Or how many messages or how do we bill for that care? Okay. And they're getting better, right? We had some presentations, a lot of work in the space of of generative AI to capture um, transcripts of discussions. And so, mm-hmm. okay, that's getting put in the medical record. And, okay. and that's all great. I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah. That, that's not overly revolutionary. Right. That's kind of nibbling at the margins of efficiency. So when you talk about all of this capital being pumped in, is this where we like really dive into the space of wearables being accessible and genetic testing yielding decent predictions into animal health and I think that's hard of things that's hard but I think wearables are not hard okay and I think right we both got on apple watches sitting here looking at us mm-hmm. so we've got heartbeats and you know garmin might even be ahead in that space and there's some challenges with the dog to do that because you know, fur. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just an engineer solving a problem. I, I don't like everybody's like, oh, well, they have fur. I don't know. No, we got some, there's smart people in this world that solve that problem. Yeah. All right. That's just a deal. It's implants or whatever it is. But I think when we're saying, how do you scale virtual care or distance care, I'm really talking about predictive care. Mm-hmm. So, how do I put a gizmo on a dog and know when the dog is going to be sick, not after the dog is sick? Yes. How do I know, how do I put a rumen bolus in a cow that monitors her rumination of body temperature and tells me when she's going to start calving and more importantly, when she's starting to have difficulty calving, mm-hmm. which is before you can see the calf not coming out. We normally just wait. Right. It's like a time thing. Like mm-hmm. if you're calving cows, you're like, Should okay, time. looks like she started calving and two hours later, nothing's happened. Mm, maybe we ought to do something here. Like we can predict that very early. I think if we had better monitoring. Mm-hmm. So you can start to say, well, how do you, why do you leverage that? Well, instead of having to have a veterinarian that runs out after the cow's in distress, I have a monitor on that dispatches the truck to go get her. Yep. And she's already got a collar and there's a fancy collar, like fence makes a collar today that fence V N C E like fence okay. with a V that's a beeper. And it keeps her in electronically. Well, I can just mm-hmm. beep her to where I want her and back the truck up and load her. And I take her to the hospital to do that. Yeah. Calf fine, she's fine. I just know, right? And we do this in human med today, right? Yep. High risk pregnancy, we put them in the hospital yep. and we monitor mom. Well, 
could we do that remotely on a cow? I don't know. But it could Why be done. Not? It technically be done, right? I don't know if there's mm-hmm. no money in it. How do I figure out the dog that I've got big dogs that have GVDs and how do I predict when that's going to happen? Or I've got, right, you can start to see that we have sensing <laughs> that actually gives the owner some confidence that what's going to happen, not what is happening. Right. So that I can be proactive and get that in and that radically changes care. Yes. So step one of that will be, I can figure out what is happening. Yep. Step two is I can figure out what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's a harder piece, but even if I knew what is happening, like how much would a pet owner love it if I could pick up and say, Hey, Susie, Fluffy the cat looks like something's going on. I need you to bring Fluffy in. Mm-hmm. Even if it's that simple today, like right. I have to pick up the phone and call them, right? Text them or whatever it is. Yep. Or, hey, can I look at Fluffy? Yep. But instead of them telling me what's wrong, I'm telling them. Right. And my mother in law's got one of those robotic cleaners. Yeah. For the cat. Yeah. Tells her when it goes it in. It doesn't and out. clean the cat. No, oh, yeah. The for litter the fl- cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. So it goes in and out. So when she doesn't see on her phone and she's visiting us at our house, like, oh, I wonder if Hoot's okay. Yeah. I, uh, need something else. You need another, another piece of data. Yeah. And to, so if that feeds the owner or veterinarian to say. Yeah. Okay. And it's a common, yeah. And so I think that's kind of where the forefront of we're saying now. And so instead of saying, I need to see Fluffy every year mm-hmm. for 15 minutes, which makes Fluffy mad and. I get to spend 15 minutes and can't see a sick dog because I'm seeing Fluffy because I need to see Fluffy to see if Fluffy's sick or not. Right. You're not going to buy Fluffy's heartworm or anything else from me. Well, I might, though. If I've got a monitoring service, you might buy it from me. Okay. But now I am monitoring Fluffy all the time, and I don't have to see Fluffy. Mm -hmm. So instead of seeing 400 pets, I can now have 800 pets. Mm Mm-hmm. Whatever the magic number is, that's four is probably not nearly enough, right? But I can double the number of pets that I'm seeing. And the pets that I'm seeing, I'm actually ahead of the treatment curve mm-hmm. instead of waiting for them to bring it in when it's death's door because they didn't know what was wrong. And everybody's happy. It unlocks new business models. I've got a subscription service now. Right. I kind of like a subscription service. That's a nice way to get paid as a veterinarian. Yep. You could tackle a lot of things on a subscription. That's right. When we've seen people like to that, mm-hmm. right? And it's, hey, what do I get? I get that. I don't get this. So I think we're at the forefront of when we think about virtual care, or we think about distance delivery, it's really about veterinary innovation. And we're saying, how are we going to innovate that care delivery process? And I think it's just a tremendously exciting time around that space. So that I think we can either shake in our boots that the two big retailers are in the game. Mm-hmm. Or we can go Yahoo, the financial cavalry has arrived. Yep. I'm going Yahoo. So am I. Get I, th- I think it's um, tremendous for all of us that finally we've attracted the kind of capital we're going to need to really advance what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And the yep. sad part is I kind of miss the idea of the small pro- local practice. But the small local practice unfortunately, is going away on its own. Yeah. And that makes me sad. I don't like that. I'm not celebrating that. 
But if there's a positive that comes out, the positive is we're going to get some capital to really do some cool new things, which I think makes it more exciting to be a veterinarian. Yeah. Better animal care, attracting new talent, kind of making that little bit of veterinary care attractive again. It's because there's the burnout and I don't know. Just Yeah, I think that the, the anything we can do to advance it, make it better, more intellectually stimulating. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be clear. If I'm seeing healthy fluffy all day and all I'm doing is giving distemper shots. Whew. What a day. Oh, man. <laughs> and so that's not very attractive either, right? right? So part of the burnout isn't isn't physical work burnout. Part yeah. of the burnout is just boredom. You know, right? Yep. People above average intelligence professional school, right? They're out doing this. They're inquisitive. They're bright. And uh, I've become a factory worker in some respects. Mm-hmm. And I'm expected to do that every eight minutes or something, right? Like it's just all day long. And maybe there's some really, like, can I go back to thinking? Mm-hmm. And let's just, and we all love the job once in a while and just go get work done. I've still missed working cattle because you do that once a year for a farmer. And when you're done, you're done. And yep. you check the box and you go on. But the thought of doing that 365 days a year, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so how do we make it more intellectually stimulating and how do we engage and hopefully that keeps some veterinarians in the profession? Yep. And hopefully it attracts some different people to it. And I think that that's good for us over the long haul. Mm-hmm. Well, since we moved, we did not move our veterinarians yet. And we have our two dogs. Do not bring them to our house, please. <sighs> No, that would never cross. Okay, we mind. like your dogs. Your dogs. That's a bad. That's a bad. Oh no no no! They can come visit, I'm not but like no. As a veterinarian. No no no! Bad I, idea. That's not what I plan to do. I loved my veterinarian in Bloomington, and he was a friend. I have a friend in Champaign who's a veterinarian, but the options out there. I'm not. Don't worry, Nancy. I'm going to bring my dog to you, but. Well, we the just, options just keep growing and expanding and evolving, and it's next thing you know, you cool. won't be shopping for dance clothes at Walmart. You'll be just taking the peat. <laughs> oh, he would love. No, he wouldn't. I took him to Lowe's once, and he peed on the curtains. Why not? Pete is not intended to go in this store. <laughs> don't buy that curtain. Here's the lace, and don't buy your curtains at Lowe's. Do not buy the display curtain <laughs> at the Lowe's. Yes. Anyway, cool. Well, I'm excited to see what happens next, and. Be an exciting next four or five years. Please subscribe and tell your friends about the Round Barn podcast, available on any of the podcatchers of your choice. In addition to this podcast, we offer a wide range of learning opportunities, including a Master's of Vet Science degree. We're accepting applications for spring of 2024 semester. To learn more about this program, please visit vetmed.illinois.edu slash MVS. Thanks for listening.